Welcome to Leveling Up, a noob's quest to get good. This is a gaming history and interview podcast where each week we take a new game and discuss its history. As well as look at it from the perspective of someone who hasn't played a lot of games. I'm Joe, your resident gaming historian. And I'm your newest test subject, Tina. Welcome to the show. This week's episode of Leveling Up. Uh, this week we're going to be discussing that cool video game called Portal. Yeah. So hey Tina, how would you explain Portal to someone? So Portal is a puzzle-based game where you are a trapped test subject, and you have to use this gun that shoots out portals to get around the test rooms, and eventually kill a computer. Yeah, pretty good description. Yeah. It's a pretty good description. You kill you kill the computer. Uh, yeah, like Tina said, Portal is a puzzle platform game developed and published by Valve Corporation. Valve, uh, as you might know, Tina, runs Steam. Wait. Like, the whole... Yeah. Valve owns Steam. What? Yeah, Valve is a huge company because they own Steam. Okay, I really like what they did there because, like, Valve and Steam, I like it. I'm here for it. Yeah. But what? Yeah. Valve originally created Steam purely as a distribution platform for their in-house video games. I love it! (laughs) They were like, we're going to use this for just us, but, I mean, like, might as well profit off of it. Exactly. Fuck and yeah. now it's this. Fuck yeah. The amalgamation of literally every video game all always, except Nintendo. And Portal was actually originally released in a little bundle package called the Orange Box. It was never originally released as a game by itself. It was re- released in the Orange Box along with, uh, I believe it was Half-Life 2. Now, Half-Life 2 is actually the sequel to Half-Life, right? Is there is there a yes, Half-Life? Yes, there is. Yes, Orange okay. Box was gotcha. Half-Life 2, uh, Portal, and Team Fortress 2. Oh! That blows my mind that all of those games came out, like, were relevant enough to be packaged together at the same time. Yeah, I mean, Half-Life, when it was released, was a massive, massive series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, Portal wasn't terribly relevant. It was developed in-house over the course of about two years. Okay. Um, it was just kind of added in as an afterthought. Like, oh, this is a game we just made, and it's kind of cool, we like it, put it in. Why not? And TF2 is, was, and probably still is, a massive game as well. Okay. It's, yeah, it's huge. And the Orange Box was actually released in 2007. For some reason, I just picture... Portal as such an old game, and Team Fortress 2 is such a recent game. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Um, Portal was actually a 
sort of spiritual successor to a student game uh, by the name of Narbacular Drop. Okay. Uh, it was developed by a group of students at DigiPen. Uh, uh-huh. And they were actually... They showed the game at a career or a game fair at their college, and uh, a Valve uh, executive came in and saw it and was like, "Hey guys, you're hired." Yo. Yo. Fastest job interview process ever. I believe it wasn't quite that fast. He showed the game to Gabe Newell, and Gabe was the one that's like, "Hey, you're hired." Still. Yes. Uh, and. For the first year of the game's development, they didn't really think about story. They just kind of got the gameplay together. But a few playtesters were like, hey, what are all these uh, test chambers leading up to? Hmm? 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 And uh, spurred on by that, they actually brought in the series writer for Half-Life, Mark Laidlaw. And he wrote the story for Portal in the Half-Life universe. Oh, okay. Yeah. So does, or I guess is Half-Life post-apocalyptic kind AI-y, kind of science-y. Yeah, it's a, um, Half-Life is a, uh, oh, shit. Half-Life is a dystopian future thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much all you need to know. It's a dystopian future with a bit of apocalypse happening. So, uh, let's move on. What were your general impressions of Portal, Tina? I really enjoyed it. It was a fun little bite-sized kind of game. There was not too much frustration. It was it was good. I, I liked it. I liked it a lot, actually. Not super, like, crazy awesome. Like, oh my god. But it was, it was good. It was good. Yeah, it was a solid game. Solid gameplay. Solid mechanics. Really fun antagonist (laughs) what do you think of gladys oh my gosh she was she was everything my so before before i play the game or while i'm in the early stage of the game joe always sends me a list of things to keep in mind Mm -hmm. for this one specifically he sent me highs and lows of puzzles Mm -hmm. and for the longest time, my favorite puzzle was, I'm not sure exactly what room number it was, but it was the one where GLaDOS is just like, this is impossible. You should give up now. And it was just like, I loved it. Yes. It was just great. And it was fantastic. Yes. GLaDOS is snarky and quirky and just a little <laughs> dark. She is, she's great. I love her. She's oh my great. gosh. When she, at the end... When you destroy her, I don't know, whatever's keeping her in check. Mm-hmm. Like the first, when you go to the second stage, I guess, of the boss fight. I don't know, whatever. The personality course. Yes, yes. Um, Her little intro to that stage where she just likes, it prevented me from flooding the facility with the neurotoxin. I will now flood the facility with the deadly neurotoxin. Like, every time she said neurotoxin, I was just like, ah. It was fabulous. Also, (laughs) oh, this made me so happy. Oh, my God. When you first enter her chamber, Uh she says something about violence. And 
they're just it freezes her monitors freeze on a picture of a violin and i just burst out into like tears nearly it was so dumb it's so stupid yes i love porn for many reasons but the comedy of this game is just so solid and so subtly solid and I really didn't think I was going to laugh so much or be so happy with not only the game's main antagonist, but also just, like, this person who's supposed to be a robot computer, you know? Yeah. It's fabulous. <laughs> so, another little side thing. What did you think of the companion cube? Okay, so, people, like, I, I knew going into Portal quite a lot about Portal. Mm-hmm. And the Companion Cube was definitely one of those things. That, like, oh my god, it's the Companion Cube! Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! I could not give two shits. Yeah, that's fair. Just could not... <laughs> and maybe it is slightly the phenomenon that happens where someone tells you a movie is so great, and then you go and you watch the movie, and you're like, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, it's contrarianism. Yeah, but... To a point. But also, like, why did people get so attached to this? Uh, that's actually an interesting thing. Um, the idea for the Companion Cube actually came from some declassified government interrogation documents. Okay. Where they found out they that people in isolation will actually attribute personalities and become attached to inanimate objects. Mm. When they were designing the level of the Companion Cube, they wanted the players to take the cube and carry it with them through the level, but they were worried players might forget about it. So they set up some dialogue, you know, the, the Companion Cube will never talk to you. Yeah. If the Companion Cube says something, you know, it can't speak. That type of thing. And then they gave it a little heart. Yeah. And so, yeah, working off that uh, thing from, you know, declassified government interrogation documents. I, I kind of like that. Yeah. That, that is a solid reference that they're making. Yeah. Still didn't get super duper attached to it, but that's okay. It's okay. Yeah, that's fine. You definitely threw it in the incinerator, like, immediately. Right? Was there an option where I could not? Okay, I did think for a moment maybe I could go back and grab one of the little turret things and throw it in there and see if that would do anything, but I was just like... It's a lot of effort. Boop! Done, bye. Yeah, totally. Uh, but, because, you know, speedrunners exist, there are totally, you know, videos and glitches and such of people getting a companion cube past the emancipation grid. Really? Yeah. Do they just then carry it with them for the rest of the thing? No, it despawns between levels. Oh. But just the idea that you could get it past is satisfying it's enough. It's a moral victory. Did did you become attached? <laughs> Initially, I was like, oh, this is nice. I like the, you know, I like what they're doing with this. It's funny, but, um, no. I, it's it's it, it's a cube in a video game. <laughs> I kind of like the little turret guys more. The turret guys were nice. I like their uh, somewhat uh, detached personality while still having a personality. Yes. They're cute. Their most creepy sing-songy voice. Uh-huh. Uh, alright, what, uh, were you at all interested in learning more about the story-slash-world of Portal? Yes. Yeah? 100%. Okay. Because 
Okay, I... You told me to play the game all the way through in one sitting if possible. Unfortunately, it was not possible. And I stopped at... I took my first break at Puzzle 17. Mm -hmm. Or Chamber 17. So by then, I had experienced those kind of back room, creepy, handprinty things... All, all that. I had experienced that once or twice. And the drawings of the rat man. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's who that is. The drawings you find throughout the game are drawn by a character called the rat man. Oh, yes. Yeah. I experienced the drawings of the rat man and his dwelling places. Yeah, there was actually supposed to be a lot bigger... He was supposed to be, like, actually in the game, oh. but they dropped a lot of the content from him because mm. they wanted to... They wanted a focused plot. Okay. And not, like, a lot of different threads. They left the drawings in, and they actually expanded on it later in a comic that spanned the gap between Portal 1 and 2. Oh. And they talked a lot more about the Ratman in that comic. Tight. But uh, when when I did, just to finish what I was thinking about, when I did take that break, I thought to myself that I really wanted Portal 2 to be a mystery style game where you just got to explore those back rooms and you just got to figure out what all that shit meant and who put them there and mm-hmm. that is what I wanted Portal 2 to be mm-hmm. and that is sort of a little itty bit of what the last third of the game was and I realize it's not what Portal 2 is sure but so yeah to long-windedly answer your question yeah yeah I would super love to learn more well, if we ever do play Portal 2, it doesn't answer a lot about the whole world, but you get a lot more into the backstory of Aperture Science as a company. You learn about its Hell founder yeah. and its history as a company and what it used to produce and that kind of stuff. It's really, it really expands the lore of Portal a lot. Does, does Half-Life do that as well? Like, is Aperture a company that pops up a lot no. in Half-Life? No, because... Uh, Portal was made, again, purely as a small side project, and it was made after Half-Life 1 and 2 were released. So they... Okay. The Aperture was purely made up for Portal, and it was in Mm -hmm. the Half-Life universe because the series writer for Half-Life was the same writer for Portal. Um, So if they ever make a Half-Life 3, there might be references to Aperture Science, but unfortunately not. Is, like, Black Mesa in the Half-Life universe? Black Mesa is the company that you work for in Half-Life, yes. Hell yeah! Yeah, that's the little jab there in the end song. So, to get into a little more of the nitty-gritty, what did you think of the portal mechanics? I... I thought it was... I thought they did a really good job of only giving you... I thought it was smart they only gave you one to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously... I thought the whole, I thought the mechanic as a whole was definitely innovative and a different way to do puzzles. Mm-hmm. You definitely had to get your brain into like that way of lateral thinking. Yeah, you were thinking with portals. Woo! Um, and it was it was really cool, but I re- really especially liked how they only gave you one to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I- and they kind of eased you into it. It was a solid tutorialization. Yes. But it wasn't, like, super heavy-handed either. It was good. It was mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you feel about the final fight? 
The final fight was... It was... I don't know. Yeah. Tense. Mm. Tense is... There was a lot of tension. Yeah. Definitely felt very tense, especially because nothing had ever been timed before. I mean, like, yeah, I know some of the red buttons that you hit, there was a ticking, like, you... They closed after a certain time. But it wasn't like... This own... It wasn't... Nothing was ever so pressured before. Um... So that was cool, but I don't know. The the ending of like putting things into an incinerator killing her and having and just like directing a ball towards her, like a ball of energy towards her and not you actually killing her felt kind of unsatisfying. I mean like you still killed her, but like I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's understandable. Uh the GLaDOS fight actually went through a few iterations uh, during design. Uh, there was one um, that was like a Bond-style laser grid gauntlet where you had to like jump through lasers and, sh- <laughs> and shit. Uh, another was a section where you had to avoid and redirect rockets to, to more directly kill her. Okay. So, like you did a little earlier in the game to break those windows, but mm-hmm. like full mm-hmm. fight. And uh, there was also another one that was was a chase sequence where you chased after a fleeing GLaDOS. Ooh. Yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah, sounds interesting, for sure. But um, they decided to go with what they went with, uh, because while those were all interesting, they liked the idea of something simple and something on a timer. Because something simple like they had, put it on a timer, it becomes more intense and more confusing. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. I don't know, I found it very interesting that the GLaDOS fight, and then there was one room, I guess section or arena, I don't know what you want to call it, <laughs> in like the last third of the game, where you just had a bunch of those turrets Yeah. that were all creating almost like a 3D Cartesian coordinate system, Uh-huh. and you had to just like kill all of them, Yeah. and the moment you stepped into that room, like the the music instantly changed Mm -hmm. and I just, I suddenly felt like there was a lot of pressure and a lot of drama. And I was like, that was, that only happened twice. You know, you only felt stress twice. Yeah. I can understand that. It was kind of weird. How'd you feel about the length of the game? It was, it was short, like a nice little, it felt like a snack. Yeah. It felt like a snack of a game. That's a good way to put it, I think. Yes. But it wasn't like... It wasn't like a bad... It wasn't like an apple snack where you're like, I'm still hungry. Yeah, it was like a... It was a better snack than an apple. Yeah, yeah. It was... It wasn't fully satisfying, but it was yes. delicious for what it was. Like cake. Like cake. <laughs> mm, it's funny you say that. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Loki's still super confused about the ending. Try not to let anyone know. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. It was, I believe, a vague on purpose. <laughs> but, um, okay, moving on to the next part, section. What did you think of the art style of the game? What do you mean, just how... How it looked, you know, how the graphics hold up to you. What did you think of the, you know, nice, clean, lab-like environment? That kind of stuff. The nice, clean, lab-like environment was... I found it very soothing. Uh-huh. Very... Just... Ah, uh, I could... 
I could smell the nitrile gloves. It was very soothing <laughs> to me. Um, only complaint? Ooh, that water was rough. That sludge water mm-hmm. that was rough. In their defense, it was 2007. Water is hard. Okay, but like, it didn't need to be water, but it kind of looked like melted crayons. You're not wrong. Water <laughs> is hard. <laughs> I know water is hard. Also, that is something I'm surprised they didn't do. What's that? I am... Okay, because throughout the game, you eventually realize portals can't really travel through um, solids. Yeah. You, you, you could get them through, like, mesh grids, but you couldn't really get them through solids. Mm. So I thought... I kept thinking there was going to be a puzzle where, like, I had to hit a button or get something that was under the toxic water, and I would somehow have to drain the water using portals. I don't know. I was just... I was... That is definitely an interesting mechanic that the devs have not implemented in anything yet. I don't know. I just felt that I was like, oh, this is going to come back. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, the water's toxic and not just like, don't fall into it. I don't know. I thought I was going to have to use portals to get rid of it somehow, to drain it, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel better. While there's not that exact thing, Portal 2 does have fluid mechanics. Oh, I'm here for that. I'm actually really here for that. Yeah. Portal. Does the water still look like crayons? Not as much. <laughs> I'm proud of that. But them. still not great. It's fine, it's fine. I couldn't do better. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the aesthetic, the clean, simple lab-like aesthetic of the test chamber has actually evolved from the fact that uh, during playtesting, a lot of the testers were actually trying to use a lot of the purely decorative elements of the room to solve puzzles. So they fixed that by just taking away all the decoration. <laughs> you know what's great? Mm-hmm. I can tell you for a fact that would have so been me, because there is one chamber, and I'm pretty sure it's 17, where you have a large amount of stuff that you can move, specifically in Ratman's hideout, and I thought you had to stack all the shit to, like... Solve the puzzle. Yeah. It was the worst thing ever because there was like four dead turrets and like endless amounts of like cans. Yeah. For some reason, I was stacking those things like nobody's business, trying to like. I was like, okay, if I put enough of them on here, it'll put enough weight on there to push the button down. It was a mess. It was a mess. It took me forever because that was not how you did it. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I am so glad they did made it all like there's nothing here. You're the problem. You are the problem. I, I am the problem. So what did you think of the game's soundtrack? Okay, oh my god. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, so I... When you first, like, woke up in that room, Mm -hmm. in your little kind of cell, and the music is playing, I was like, where... 
have I heard this song before? It was so, so familiar to me. Uh-huh. And then I realized it was because I had heard Still Alive before. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh! And I was like, oh, he did such a good job! He, like, Jonathan took the music from the game and he made it into his cute little fan song. Oh, so cute! And then it was in the end credits and I flipped out. Yeah. It was so, I was like, oh my god. It was great. It was great! Jonathan Colton was actually, he had been hired by Valve, like, a year before Portal was, Mm -hmm. like, in development. And uh, they were just kind of like, we don't know what we're going to do with him, but we're going to hire him because he's cool. And then the directors for Portal kind of talked to Jonathan and they're like, hey, you have a similar style to what we like, what we're thinking for this game. Why don't you write the end credits song? It was fantastic and beautiful and I loved it. Yes. I also loved how you see the lyrics of the song Uh as it's playing and there, there's a lyric that's like, I'm glad I got burned. Mm-hmm. And glad is like, it's it looks like the glad of GLaDOS with like the uppercase and lowercase letters. And I was like, oh my gosh, they just, they just, they were just, they paid great attention to detail and I loved it. Uh, So now we're going to move on to the section I like to call highs and lows, where we discuss our favorite and least favorite parts of the game. Mm-hmm various categories uh and there's only one real category this time because kind of the core of the game puzzles 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 uh not necessarily specific puzzles although if you had any favorites you can certainly disclose them but i was more thinking of general categories of puzzles um for instance my favorite puzzles were the momentum ones speed thing goes in speed thing comes out those Mm, are my least favorite I was about to say, judging by your facial expression, I think you don't like those. Those were the worst. They took me the longest by far. Because I... And it is probably because I am not proficient at all with first-person shooters. Mm -hmm. So, going through the portal and then having the video automatically reorient itself and then me having to figure out where to shoot the thing was... Yeah, no, that's understandable. Um, I like them because when when you pull them off, they're extremely satisfying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, especially some of the ones where it's like, you have to go through the same portal like two or three times to build up momentum. Mm-hmm. Very, satisfying. Mm-hmm. Very satisfying. Where you're like, vroom, vroom, vroom! Exactly. Yeah. Yes. That... I can definitely get behind the satisfaction. Uh, well, what was your favorite, though? If uh, you hated the ones that I loved. Which ones do you- it's fine. It's fine. I'm not it's bitter. It's fine. <laughs> um, I really, I really liked, oh, hold on, just real quick, circling back to what I didn't like. Yes. Did not like that there was a puzzle- with a moving, um, clear platform in this kind of cream corridor that, like, made almost like a square-esque kind of shape. And yeah, it just, with the portals, and it was all cream, and, but the thing was moving backwards. Oh, it was a lot. It was so confusing. That's fair, yeah. It was, 
it was three hallways and it was too much for my little brain. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And then you had to perform a similar maneuver in reverse at the end of uh, chamber 19. Oh, oh god, it was it was so bad. It was so yeah, bad. Yeah, those are some of the more difficult parts of the game. And more stressful, because there's, like, an inherent time limit in those. Yeah, those felt stressful, but not quite as stressful as the turret room or the Gladys sure, fight. Sure, sure. The turret room, though, was one of my favorites. Really? Okay. I just had so much fun, like, popping in and out behind these little guys and just pushing them over. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Just push! Push! I got great joy out of that. <laughs> but, I mean, that wasn't really... And that wasn't really a... It was a puzzle, but it wasn't really a puzzle, because once you got it down, you got it down, and it wasn't that hard. Sure. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed... I don't know. I really enjoyed the ones where you had to, like, put... This is going to sound so stupid, because this sounds like the whole game. But where you had to put the portals in weird spots. Uh-huh. For example, like, oh, you have to put... You have to stand on the button, shoot the portal through the door, get off the button so it closes, and then, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just enjoyed when it was simply just, you have to get from point A to point B. How are you going to do it? Sure. I just enjoyed the simplicity of it. Yeah. Those are good. I like those. Little, logical, non-lateral thinking type people. Yes, Exactly. Since you said that the momentum puzzles were your favorite, what were your least favorite? Yeah, my least favorite were pretty much any puzzle involving, uh, the turrets. Why? Because while I love the turrets' personalities, they're great, I just didn't enjoy having to deal with them. I don't, I didn't like them killing me, I didn't like having to deal with knocking them over and maybe getting killed while they roll around on the floor. I didn't like having to deal with getting rid of them. I don't know. I liked everything else because it was purely move the things into the right location, whereas the the turrets were, like, a direct impediment impossible cause of death. So, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just liked that... Oh, sorry. Hold on. We'll... I'll finish my thought about the turrets because I was so happy while playing one of the turret rooms where it was just like here get past this thing um because i got an achievement in the game and it wasn't just like an achievement for oh you know completing the game or like killing the companion cube which like you had to do like i don't know i felt like i actually did something yeah because like i killed it by using another dead turret and it was called like friendly fire or something and i just felt so happy because i felt like i was like oh my gosh i did something totally very satisfying yes whereas like whereas like in, in guac all the achievements i got were like you got the move yeah and i was like you did the story beat congrats I was like, you're taunting me. Stop it. But thank you for the achievement. I needed that rush of dopamine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I remember what I was going to say. Because you were talking about the turrets. Because you said they could have killed you. I really hated how the water instantly killed you. 
Yeah, I mean... I really wish you had had, like, some kind of poison timer, but not poison timer. Like, if you can figure out a way to get out of here in enough time, Sure, it was... They did it that way because, basically, those areas were bottomless pits, but instead of just having a bottomless pit, they had toxic water that killed you. Mm Mm-hmm. So it was slightly more plausible. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, Alright, and so, uh, last thing before we head out, what would you rate this game out of 10? Out of 10, I, I would give this game a 7. This game is a 7 out of 10. It was, it was enjoyable. It was very fun to play. It was just the right amount of bashing my head against it. I never felt like the game was impossible or intentionally unfair or ridiculous. The, I don't know, the ending kind of spoiled it for me a little bit. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was still great. But the climactic event was, it definitely felt very separate from the rest of the game. It felt, I felt the pressure. But it wasn't as satisfying as I would have liked. So, I don't know. It was okay. Seven. Seven! Sticking with my seven out of ten. And so, what will we be playing next week? Next week? Ooh, next week. We're going to be playing Titan Souls. Alright. Everybody get ready for some game. Boy, I picked this game. Tina did pick <laughs> this game, and she seems to be thoroughly enjoying it so far. Which seems to bode well for when we eventually get to Dark Souls. It also uh, bodes well for Titan Souls because I seem to really like games that I pick. <laughs> yeah. Because I really liked Guac. Hell yeah. Alright. Well, uh, that's it for the week. We'll see you all in two weeks. Bye. Bye. The music used in this podcast was BitQuest by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, used under a Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.